And welcome to the Michigan Business Network, Business Media, the business of media. I'm Tony Connolly, your host. And we've got a special guest with us uh, today. Tim Damon is the president of the Lansing Regional Chamber of Commerce. He's been there since 2005. And I know that uh, Tim, as a Michigan State alum, is uh, got to be tickled with uh, Michigan State football so far. You know what, Tony? It's been a, first of all, it's great to be with you today. Oh. And uh, secondly, yeah, what an amazing start to the season. I I would like to say we all sat here and said they were going to be 6-0 at this time, but uh, I don't think that's the case. But they're, uh, they're certainly a fun team to watch. Well, a lot of folks were disappointed with last year's 2-5 and five team. I was not because we beat Michigan, so that that made me good for last year. But as, as, as we talked on the phone, uh, even though I know a lot of folks won't agree with me because they're not Michigan fans, It'd be great if Michigan and Michigan State were undefeated when they played in East Lansing. Boy, what what a hype game that would be. Well, you know what? We're here today to talk a little bit about media and yeah. whatnot. So you think about the media attention that would come with that type of game because, I mean, where they both are now in the polls, who knows? They could uh, easily be uh, top five or yeah. close to two top five teams by the time they would meet if they're undefeated. So, yeah, bring a lot of media attention to the to the state. Is Michigan State Athletics still big business? Is that, is that, is that a Oh, man, a, with, 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 without question. And you know what? And it gets a little bit outside of the scope of who we are, but we have a great partnership with uh, Julie Pinkston and the Greater Lansing Convention and Visitors Bureau. And uh, they will tell you that with MSU football coming back and fans being back in the stadium, that has been a huge shot in the arm to all of our hotels here and hotelers here in our region, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, room stays and, and whatnot. And two night games even drives more of that. So people will stay overnight after that, uh, you know, after that game. So without question, drives a tremendous amount of economic activity. I wanted to talk with you about uh, the media and how they cover business. And uh, step back to 2005 when you first took over the job. How did the media cover business from your perspective, not only locally here in Lansing, but statewide, and, and where are we at now? Yeah, well, you know what? I think so many things have obviously, you stated the obvious here, have changed since 2005, but I think back then, the, the biggest difference was that there was devoted staff locally here that was covering the business community, and I remember, and I, and I still talk to Jeremy Steele every now and then, but Jeremy was a reporter uh, with Lansing State Journal and doing specifically all the business coverage. And, you know, if you remember at that point in time, they even had a, I think it was a weekly Monday, you know, insert into the uh, Lansing State Journal that we all on local business. And yeah. so that's, that's dried up, that, that's gone away. And uh, there, there is a huge, in my opinion, there, there's a big void right now in our local media with what and how the business story is getting told here. Why do you think that is? I don't know if it's resources, uh, probably the way we all consume uh, media today. I mean, look at us, we're, you know, a podcast here today. And so, uh, you know, the e-communications, I mean, all of the different things, the social media aspect and just what and how us as consumers are consuming media. Um, you know, when you think about trying to put out a weekly business publication, uh, that news is, um, is old compared to where we are with what you're going to hear on a podcast or in social media. Tim, I used to, as you know, I used to work with uh, Tim Stout for many, many years. And one of the things he told me he thought where the media started making mistakes was losing that local angle. Not just from sports where grandma and grandpa and all the aunts and uncles and everyone at the school and anyone associated with, an, with, with a, a, a city, a high school uh, team, would, would follow that sports-wise, but 
but the same thing could be said for business or entertainment or whatever. And he thinks once they got away from that model, that kind of led to their demise, if you will. Well, I don't know that I would disagree, and it probably gets into an area that I don't have a lot of experience in, but I mean, from what my perspective would be growing up here in, in Lansing and seeing that local coverage and what that meant, even going through and playing high school sports, I mean, you'd have page upon page devoted to Friday night high school football scores. You know, you'd have write-ups on baseball scores and so forth. So we've lost that. And, uh, you know, I think that we are a, uh, how do I want to say this, we're a, we're, we're a big, small town here. And I think at the end of the day, we can all get our national news, whether we want to get that from the, the networks, from the cable TV shows, whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, um, there's still a great demand for that local uh, that local coverage. And, and again, not being critical, but just saying that, you know, a lot of the business stories go untold. You were telling me that there's a local business um, that really doesn't get the coverage it should have. It's gone through a massive expansion, which, which, which kind of wraps around what you were talking about in regards of keeping it local. You know what? So, what? so we were out helping uh, Beckham uh, America Products out in Williamson celebrate a, a grand opening of, a, I think it was a 45,000 square foot expansion they did and, and adding new jobs uh, to their facility in, uh, in Williamson. And uh, great, great story and just no uh, local media coverage. You know, so it was not at all? Not none whatsoever. So it's very, I, you know, you say disappointing, but I mean, we, we, we have that story to celebrate. And you know what? But if it had been a... Um, a, a downtown Lansing or a restaurant in Washington Square that, that had closed, it, it's probably sort of front page, you know, story on different things. And so it's just a, how do we keep the, the, the balance and perspective in there? And Beckham, and one of the greatest things I took away from there, and to me, a big hook on that is so much is around talent right now. And every employer, every business is talking about the ability to find talent, keep talent, attract talent. And Beckham has one of the best apprenticeship programs in the, in the area here. And, uh, and that, to me, is a great story that needs to be told because I think other businesses could model after that. If you look, when you drive past their parking lot, you will see there's a lot of nice cars in there. And I'm not judging whether the cars are nice or not, but that lets you know that they're paying their employees a good nickel. And as I've mentioned to you before, I'm not sure anyone in Williamston or in that immediate area gives more to charity than Beckham does. Yeah, they're, they're a great corporate partner, right? And this apprenticeship program, I think they have... 50%, more than 50% of their manufacturing workforce today came through the apprenticeship program. And so that gets kids in partnership with Lansing Community College after two years of coming out of there. They're coming out of there debt-free and they're coming into a job and a very good paying job. And they tell stories of, you know, 20, 21-year-olds are coming out of there and they already have a, they already have a home because they've been able to, you know, through the apprenticeship program, they're working, they're getting paid and going to school and again, coming out of there debt-free. Tim Damon, who is the president of the Lansing Regional Chamber of Commerce. When we come back from our break, we're going to talk with Tim a little bit about how the media could do better at covering the business. You're listening to Tony Conlon of the Michigan Business Network on Media Business. managed meetings, carefully planned conferences, and beautiful beginnings. That's what you'll find at Treetops Resort. We have an ideal location just minutes from I-75 and over 25,000 square feet of meeting and convention space. No matter what you're planning, let our spectacular views, spacious lodging, and outstanding customer service show you why Treetops is Michigan's most spectacular resort. Get a no-hassle quote for your next meeting at treetops.com or call at 888-TREETOPS. 
Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Condon. We're talking with Tim Damon, who is the president of the Lansing Regional Chamber of Commerce. When we talk about the media and business, Tim, it really seems that from a great majority of the media, that business is bad, profits are bad. Why is that? Well, you know that's a great question, and you, and you do hear that, and uh, you know corporate, um, you know corporate profits, and you're taking care of your your people, and I think there's this we're we're going through this big transition period right now, right, and you know probably employees have never had as much leverage, I guess, with what and how the workforce is going to you know to look and so forth. But I mean, to me, capitalism is uh, is capitalism. It's a good thing. I mean, entrepreneurship, and um, you know, I think I, I just saw a recent list of the. Uh, the fortune, uh, the Forbes uh, wealthiest individuals in the world, and I think of the top ten, nine of them are from the uh, United States. And to me, that, that's a great story. I mean, these are folks that have taken risk. They started business. You know, they continue to invest in their people into into communities. I think when you look at without uh, that business leadership in communities, communities would be lost. I think from an economic development standpoint, that job creation standpoint, driving infrastructure investment. You know, driving place making and all of those things that make communities vibrant. And that to me all starts with a very active and vibrant business community. I recently heard an interview with a business owner, and he was, uh, I believe he was on the Fox Business Network, and he was talking about how he would love to bring all of his business from China back to America. And he goes, but, but we're not, not bringing them back because we don't want to pay them. We don't have the workers here. We don't have, we can't count on people who would want to work there. So for now we're stuck there. That a problem with other folks? Oh, it's it's a problem and I think it's a problem globally. And I think we're seeing it now, right, with supply chains. And you know, sometimes I have to I have to maybe kind of hear or see things several times, but I was talking to our uh, one of the plant managers here for one of our GM facilities a few weeks ago and she was kind of walking me through the supply chain aspect and you know what it's not necessarily that the that the OEMs, the GMs and Fords don't have the workforce or the tier one suppliers, it's when you get down into the tier two, tier three, tier four suppliers where there's that labor shortage. Well, what does that do? That impacts the supply chain. And so I think we're seeing it globally. Um, who knows where it goes? This was pre-COVID, but talent was uh, you know, was a significant issue and, and challenge. It's kind of been put on steroids here, I think, in the last uh, 12 to 18 months. And you know, I talk to uh, to employers around here. They they sometimes they think by the we can get to Thanksgiving that we might start at that point in time seeing a little bit more of a positive trend with folks re-entering the workforce and whatnot. But um, this talent issue to me is going to it's going to be something that we're going to continue to be challenged with from an employer standpoint. Is capitalism dying from the aspect of the government with all these programs that they're trying to get through now and? That five trillion dollar dual package goes through. Folks can make more money staying home than they can work. Well, I think it's uh, that certainly has been an issue, right? So I think it's been that extended the unemployment uh, benefits that uh, that were extended earlier. Uh, but I think there's more to it. I think it was a lot with the child care, and child care continues to be a challenge. I know that we have at our chamber team. We have three uh, three of our team members that have young children at home, and we see it every day. And so as employers, you have to find that balance of what and how you're going to support your people uh, with that. I think the return to school, you know, I think we're off to a good start. I think, you know, we, we've seen some challenges that have been there, but the issues that we've seen, it seems like the districts have had solid plans in place. They've been able to kind of address any, you know, the COVID-related uh, illness and whatnot, but we got to keep our kids in school. 
And uh, if we can do that, I think we'll kind of get back to a point where we can start getting people to re-enter the, the workforce. And I think, too, I want you here as well is the uh, the baby boomers. And a number of the baby boomers kind of reevaluated where they were at this time. And uh, it seems like a higher percentage of those folks are, are retiring. Well, that has, we're not replenishing, you know, a, a number. So it's a generational, you know, piece as well. So I don't know that it's one single thing, but uh, I think it's a combination of probably four or five things. I think another thing that the another area that the media maybe has failed at uh, is manufacturing or, or, or just the non-college factor of what kids do after high school. That doesn't seem to be discussed enough. I've recently been in some plants where uh, people are, are are making a great amount of money and they're being trained uh, by by those folks. I, I ran into this a woman who uh, was a single parent, she was homeless. She got into this welding program, which was paid for. They paid for her and her young child to live. She's making six figures now, Tim, and is about to get another certification, which is gonna bump her over that. So uh, it seems like we've dropped the ball when it comes to what else do you do besides college? Well, I think there, there's so many discussions and debates on, on this particular issue, where the pendulum goes. Does it go all the way over here? and? It's four-year degree, four-year degree, four-year degree, and it comes all the way back over here is professional trades, and it's somewhere in the middle in there, I think, is where we have to go. But, uh, you know, our, um, our, the, the ISDs throughout our region, the Ingham ISD, the Eaton Risa, the Clinton County Risa, they do a great job in the professional trades area. The Wilson Talent Center might be one of the best unknown secrets in our region, what they're doing with uh, K-12 education there, Jason Melma and, and his team. But I mean, I, there are great opportunities in the professional trades area, and I think that that's where we got to continue to identify that K-12, what track kids need to go down. And I know our educators are continuing to try and do that, but it's a challenging, uh, it's a challenging environment right now. We're talking with Tim Damon, who is the president of the Lansing Regional Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly on the Michigan Business Network. When we come back, we're going to talk to Tim. What can we in the media do to be better? has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sanair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sanair.com. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Tim Damon the president of the Lansing Regional Chamber of Commerce. We've been talking about business and the media, Tim. But when it comes to the media, what can we do to be better, to promote business, to uh, to promote coverage of business? Well, I think it's one is, uh, is how do you find and devote more resources to some of the local news? And um, again, not a, not a critical statement, but it almost seems like today is that if, if businesses aren't creating news and making it very easy for the media, it's a challenge to get some of the attention and coverage. And I know we, we, try to, we try to do that as well, and we've done that through our social media networks. I know others uh, you know, do as, um, as well. But again, when I think we're all dealing with uh, you know, limited resources. I think we're dealing with limited budgets. And, and so much of this has gone digital. And so much of this now is online. And it's about the clicks and where we're going and, again, how people are, are, you know, are consuming. So having a reporter out in the field and covering a press conference versus 
uh, getting that press release and getting it up online in the morning where you're getting the viewers and driving folks to your website. So it's, uh, you know, I think it continues to, to evolve, but I, I think it has to come down to this, is how do we uh, find more resources to vote to some of the local um, stories? Well, I can help with that. It starts in two different areas. First of all, news directors. you got to make sure, especially those weekend uh, news directors, they have to be diggers. They should have folks on internships going through all those press releases, scouring the, the internet. And then when it comes to a workforce, you can find free work. Uh, all you need to do is go to Lance Community College, Michigan State University, any other college kids, they will work for free to get their byline published. And you have good editors to help them through that process, then they can cover locals. I, I think that would be an awesome idea whether they take that, uh, I don't know. Uh, where's business uh, in the Lansing area headed? You know what? I think things are going very well. Um, you know, clearly our, our hospitality uh, industry has been impacted almost like every, um, you know, every part of the, the state and every part of the, the country. But I think overall our economy is, is strong. I think it's continuing to grow. We still have, you know, probably between two to three billion dollars in development that's uh, that's underway, just wrapping up a. Um, $500 million plus new energy park in Delta Township with the Lansing Board of Water and Light, um, McLaren, and a half a million dollar plus healthcare system on the 127 corridor. Sparrow just announced recently an $800 million expansion of their Michigan Avenue downtown uh, you know, campus as well. So I think there's a strong, uh, you know, strong economic growth. And um, I think the challenge is downtown Lansing. I do argue that probably downtown Lansing has been hit harder than any other um, you know urban area in the state because of the, uh, the the impact of state government and you know you have twenty thousand state workers that for the most part are predominantly still working remote and those small businesses and, and restaurants and whatnot in downtown Lansing are, are suffering and that's probably the biggest challenge I think I see for us emerging from COVID. You know as and we talked a little bit about this uh, uh, a few minutes ago, but I want you to elaborate a little bit more. It seems to me, and I, I don't want to be negative, but I think I have to be, it seems that the political environment we're in and the media environment we're in don't want business to win or succeed. It seems like when it even uh, comes to consuming uh, news, we a lot of folks are consuming uh, news uh, uh, from entities on what they want to hear, what they like, what they agree with, as opposed to what's the truth and what's the facts. I, I just feel a bummer there. Yeah. Am, am I off base? I don't think you're off base. And I know I, um, whether I'm, this is a critical statement or not, but I, I tell even good friends of mine that, you know what, if you're only getting your news through a single source, mm -hmm. and whether that's a source that gives you information that would be considered on the left or on the right, you know what, that's, um, you know, shame on you for having that narrow of a viewpoint and where you are out there. And so I think that, again, how we consume media is so vastly different. And I will tell you, I consume it differently today than I did two years ago. Vastly different. And you know what, it's finding um, not editorialized news, but I, I want the news. I want it to be presented to me in such a way that I can digest that. I can then, as a consumer, can make a decision what and how I want to view that and maybe kind of have counterpoints to it or whether you're in agreement or disagreement on it. But so many times today the news gets editorialized with what and how uh, they want you to, to hear it and how they want you to believe the story. Tim, anything newsy, anything uh, folks really aren't aware of that's, that's coming to mid-Michigan or Lansing uh, business-wise? 
You know what? I don't know that there's anything that uh, hasn't been reported on, but you know, I, I look at this uh, you know supply chain and logistics sector for us uh, right now, and what Meyer continues to do in Delta Township with their their distribution facility and investing there. Um, you know, Amazon with the huge announcement you know a few weeks ago on the investment that they're making in Delta Township as well. So. I think our, our industry sectors here, um, I, I will maintain and argue that we probably have one of the most diverse economies in the state of Michigan. When I look at everything from, from IT to healthcare to manufacturing to distribution supply chain um, and, and, what, and, and with what and how that's happening and investing in growth here in the, in the region. That supply chain story is, is very interesting. As you know, there are literally hundreds of freighters with freight for Christmas and everything else. Uh, that are waiting to get in. They don't have the workforce to get those folks or to get that uh, stuff uh, off the boats, on the trucks. They don't have the truck drivers to do that. How do we get past that? Well, I think that's going to continue to be a challenge with the labor shortage that, that we talked about. And so I, you know, when I kind of think back about supply chain and, and logistics, I'm thinking more of that distribution as an economic development strategy. So how, where we are in the central part of the state, do we leverage that um, you know, our location and our region to really attract more of those distribution-related type of companies. Yeah. And I think you've seen it with some of the ones that are here doing a great job. Or you have to be like Walmart and get rent your own ships to get your goods and services. The people, they're doing that now, right? They're yeah. buying their own containers and yeah, they're, they're getting their innovative, right? Have to have to be creative and, um, and innovative uh, during the last uh, year and a half, that's for sure. Tim, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity as well. Thank you much. Tim Damon is the president of the Lansing Regional Chamber of Commerce. You've been listening to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.